0: Before we get started, I'd love to remind you: if you like what we do, please leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps a ton. Get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it. Whether it's on Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, you can find our show. I'd also love to remind you that our podcast host, Poddiet, is offering all of our listeners a 14-day free trial of their premium membership and twenty five percent off your first three months of that premium membership after the 14 days. And Kyle and I again, I say this every week. We love potty and just cause they make it so easy to make a podcast. All you gotta do is record. Edit, upload it, they take care of the rest They send it out to all the services Give it all the great analytics, man, it's so, so easy So again, all you gotta do is sign up at podiant.co That's P-O-D-I-A-N-T dot C-O Sign up using the offer code Longhorn For a 14-day free trial And 25% off your first three months Of that premium membership Well, my name is Gerald Goodrich I'm your host this week, like I am every week And I'm joined by the internet's foremost purveyor
1: Of TCU lost to Kansas memes, Kyle Carpenter Kyle, how are you? I'm good. I'm glad to see uh, the the shared sadness uh, was, was spread around the, the entire state of Texas this week. Um, I am not in Texas. I am, uh, as I have been a few times during this podcast, uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I, I did uh, an amazing feat. I've actually done Two go lives in uh, three days in two different states. Uh, had another one this morning, so I'm uh, I'm got a full tank of gas. But talking about the Longhorns gets it uh, gets it revved up. So I'm gonna be right there in the zone. Don't let me get in my zone. How you doing, Gerald?
0: I'm fantastic, man. I actually did what I call a a, a, a shotgun latte which it's basically – I do like the hot espresso, but then I don't warm up the milk so I can just down it real fast. It's actually uh, pretty incredible. So I was able to drink that uh, that latte that I made in like eight seconds. It was great.
1: That's actually brilliant. You should patent that. That's the, uh, the Longhorn Republic latte, the, the – uh... The the LR latte that's that's beautiful. I, I'm just I'm just all about
0: efficiency, Kyle, as you well know. So let's jump in. Speaking of efficiency, we've got uh, we're going to recap whatever the heck happened in Stillwater. I uh, kind of blacked that out, so maybe Kyle, you can fill it in for me. We'll talk about what Texas needs to do to get back on track against West Virginia. Got some cruton news. Always love talking about the crutes. Uh, we've got some basketball news on both sides uh, of the aisle, and then we've also got a bang the drum at the end. Of the show. But let's get started and talk about that thing in Stillwater. So the writing was on the wall, Kyle. Everybody was like, oh, this is a game Texas can lose. It's Night Game, Stillwater, Gundy, Halloween, blah, 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 blah. And it freaking happened. So Texas came out mad flat to start the game, gave up. Way too many yard yards in the first quarter, I believe. Uh, they're still, the first quarter, they're still scoring. Uh, <laughs> they're still trying to count out the exact number of yards that Texas gave up. Now, 260 total yards in the first quarter. Texas was down by 17, 17 to 7 at the end of the first quarter. The first half, they were down uh, four, what was it, 17 points. or are down just ridiculous. Was unable to come back. Can't give up 31 points on half of football and expect to win a game. So, Kyle... I rushed through that because I'm still trying to process through. I'm I'm on stage five of the stages of grief at this point. Uh, so what what happened? Like what the heck happened um, that let OSU build up such an early lead and and put Texas in a hole?
1: Uh, well, I mean, twenty four seven. I'll just say this: Texas, you know, did well to to get back into it and make it a game that they could have won. Um, to, to start with the positives that's a, a team that in the past doesn't even get that close they don't show that fight to come back obviously they should have not been in that position but you can't start a game like that you, you just can't come out and we've we very clearly said this is a team that has not played four quarters yet and that's still true I mean that's a team that's lost two games and, and had some really big marquee wins they still have not I guess OU you could call 80% of a game they have not played a full game Um, a full four quarters. So it's, it's crazy that we're this far in the season talking about the potential that this team has if they can put it together. But what they clearly didn't play in this game was the first quarter. Like you said, 260 yards. Um, I mean, and not just, hey, our cornerbacks are out, um, which you know obviously is a part of the storyline when you have two senior cornerbacks, uh, Devontae Davis and Chris Boyd, who are out uh, due to violation of team rules and ended up missing the entire quarter. Uh, But that's bigger. I mean, you look at it like a guy like Brandon Jones, who really looked to be turning the corner, is a guy who they – They picked on you know and and they were they were able to get the the get ball moving on the ground in that quarter they were able to obviously do it through the air against not just uh, our corners but pretty much anywhere and everywhere they wanted Cornelius had two TDs and 140 or so in that first quarter so I mean it's it's tough to sit here and say if the two cornerbacks play that, that this game doesn't look a little bit different but I don't think that that ultimately is the is the entire story I think Putting in, you know, uh, Kobe Boyce, who uh, supposedly had all the potential and, and um, just hasn't really lived up to it so far this year, and and Cook, who's a young guy and hasn't got to play enough, um, you know, it was, it was a tough a tough challenge when they have a guy like Tylon Wallace. Uh, you have to cover in some other talented receivers. That's tough, no matter who you are. But again, I just it wasn't just those two seniors. I almost think it was seniors across the board on this team, were a little bit disappointing, if not just in the first quarter, then throughout the entire game.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it, it'd be great to say, yeah, when, when the senior cornerbacks came back in, the defense played better, but if you look at the numbers, if they scored 17 in the first quarter and they ended up with 31 at halftime, that means that they scored twice more when the senior corners were back in. So it, it wasn't that. I, the, I just think they came out and— osu really capitalized on what texas doesn't do well their offensive line played better than i think they've played all year that was a team going in that was giving up like almost three sacks a game and texas could not get any pressure on cornelius uh in the first quarter you know hill and hubbard combined for like 113 yards which is just dumb yeah um On twelve carries, so like it's just ridiculous. Just for context, Hill he had fifty-seven yards. Texas had sixty total yards in the first quarter, so it wasn't just that the defense couldn't get it going. The 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 offense was just flat inept. Like nothing about the offense showed any sort of of ability to get there. And you mentioned, um, you know, that it just seemed like they were out of sorts. It it seemed like Gundy really did a good job of taking that extra week and analyzing tendencies because, again, they really capitalize on guys' tendencies to come up and run support. That's how um, Hill was able to find the room. That's how um, you know Wallace was able to find scenes. It's because you freeze him with the play action. Brandon Jones comes up and run support, and the tight end sneaks out there on a on a naked bootleg, which they they he didn't need to come up and run support. That's just bad eye discipline. So yep. there there's. It's not one guy. It was just across the board. It looked like Texas got a little bit out-schemed and OSU played lights out. They played better than I think they have played all year.
1: Yeah, and, and they seem to do that against Texas, and they seem to do that when they they have a little bit of the, the Tom Herman mentality of if you're an underdog, you got to prove somebody wrong. They like to have a little chip on their shoulder. They did beat Boise State in the beginning of the year. I mean, they, they, they looked like they might be a team. They just really fell apart since then. So maybe the bye week, they did what Texas didn't. And Oklahoma State is turning a corner, and they're going to be a good team, and this remaining stretch of the season. But I really don't think this was a game that UT couldn't have won. You know, there's multiple ways to say that. You know, I I think UT lost this game clearly um, by by shooting themselves in the foot. There was no way, uh, there was no stat... No, nothing. They're like, oh, that's how they're they're so close. Even when they got back in it, they were out rushed, out passed, you know, out everything. Um, I mean, we came in saying, look, if they can control the rush, I mean, Oklahoma State as much. As I don't like to give credit to anyone from that state. Joe Bob Clements with that defensive line is is one of the best. You know, one of the worst name, but best uh, coaches at uh, at a position. You know, in the country, he's a very, very good. His defensive lines always get pressure and if you would have told me when we came in and said the big thing is keeping them from getting pressure if you'd have told me that in what was it 40 how many passes 42 uh dropbacks or attempted passes for for sam that uh, again an, an ailing sam uh that they would only have one sack and in, in four hurries is not great but you know five pressures out of out of you know 50 some dropbacks that's that's not bad honestly that's not on the offensive line now i think Again, the other key to this game was establishing a running game, and and we had trouble doing that because again, we shot ourselves in the foot with penalties, with uh, you know, just blown plays when we had some momentum. Like we just really on the offensive side of the ball, I think defense will get the will get the 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 storylines uh, coming out of this one, but offense, we, you know, we took a little step back, and it wasn't because our quarterback was hurt. That was what we said against Baylor, um, but I think there was a regression. I mean, what what did you see that? that was different here from when Texas offense was humming a little bit earlier in the year.
0: I I think Ellinger was less of a threat to run. And that sounds really dumb to say in a game where he has 10 rushes, but I think uh, the they didn't feel like they needed to respect the run as much. And I think really OSU did a good job of bringing guys down on first contact. There were not where where Keontae Ingram usually breaks a couple of tackles at the at the line and goes for six. He was unable to do that, and where Sam Ellinger is usually able to you know scoot past a couple of guys or bowl over a couple of guys, he wasn't able to do that. So I think OSU did a really good job of tackling on first contact, and I think oh Texas had ended up being one dimensional. I mean they had thirty rushing attempts and Ellinger had forty two passing attempts, so like that. You you look at the numbers and they're close, but balance is not in numbers. Balance is being able to do what you want in both phases of the game, Right, and whether it was OSU just holding up at the line of scrimmage or tackling on first contact, not a ton of broken tackles, they were just not able to, to get any momentum going, and I think part of it goes to time of possession the the Texas offense was never able to really find its rhythm. OSU by nearly nine minutes They're eight 56. OSU was in the positive for time of possession, which again, the two times Texas has lost the time of possession battle are the two losses. Additionally, the closest games of the year, the kind of the ugliest games of the year, Baylor and Kansas state had the two smallest margins for Texas being on the plus side of that. So this is an offense as crazy as it seems that has to control the ball. Um, one of the things that I want to talk about is not just Texas offense not being able to stay on the field, but the defense could not get
1: OSU off the field in the slightest bit. It it wasn't just the the stars too. I mean, obviously Tylen Wallace was great. Obviously Justice Hill looked very good. Um, but you know they they brought multiple running backs in. There was a, a Chuba Chuba Howard, Chuba uh, Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard, um, Chumba Wumba. No, I I I made a joke last year in the pre gamer that any. Any defense running after him would be uh, Chubba chasers, and that's that's absolutely what we <laughs> what we were. It uh, sounds
0: like it sounds like the worst Ben and Jerry's flavor ever. <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, that's what they were, but it, it was just anyone they put back there seemed to have success, which was which was wild. I mean, that's why I said where were our seniors? Where was where was Chris Nelson, who's been so good at penetrating uh, into the backfield? Where was where was Breck and, and, and Omenihu getting there? Where was where was you know Johnson and Wheeler? Where, I mean, where were the guys who've been making plays, been living in opponents' backfields um, with the running game. And, and, I mean, I'm not a refs guy. I never have been. I'm not going to sit here and say that OSU had 150 uncalled holdings. You know, they they clearly blocked a way that worked for them, and the refs weren't going to call it, so you adjust. And, you know, that's, that is what it is. Um, but, you know, I, I just... It was just frustrating to watch that defense, um, which you know you, you think about last year when our offense was terrible, and we said, "Hey, if we had a halfway competent offense, we could be a really good team." And you want that this year? You want to say that the defense is the strength of this team? But I don't know if I don't know if I can comfortably say that, right? I I don't know that this defense is going to win you games. They're not going to lose you games. I'm not going to go throw them under the bus. But I, I mean, this was a zero turnover game, which you know that time of possession and winning the turnover battle has been what I think has propelled us above probably where our, our, our... punching above our weight for where we were being the number six team in the country was because we did those two things well from a talent perspective. We were probably closer to this, like a 15 where we are now. Um, and I think we can get back up there. We still have some some big wins on the on the dock if we if we kind of write the ship but you know 11 penalties for 86 yards is the equivalent of, of losing the turn, turnover battle to you know four for 52 against oklahoma state and again people will complain on the message and that's what message boards are for i mean there are lots of good examples of calls that could have gone the other way i'm not going to spend our time talking about it here but you, yeah. you have to find a way to compensate for that um the only egregious call in my mind and again i don't want to go into time time, but it was that fake punt obviously and i think outside of that it's the game of football you're in a team's home you know homecoming game rockus stadium they're going to probably get the favor of the calls just like when ut's rocking we probably got the favor of the calls against usc with the sam didn't get a safety you know that happens you're going to get a little home field home cooking it it happens the big 12 refs are terrible on all sides but uh you know, this is a game that shouldn't have come down to two calls or three calls.
0: Well, if we're talking about a punt, the decision to field the punt at the two yard line probably right really killed killed the momentum there. But I want to talk about two stats that that just boggled me. So if you don't if you don't know, I, I do an inside the numbers every week for for B O N. It's one of the things I like doing. I'm a kind of a statistics nerd. I try to lean into that a little bit more. But so Oklahoma State was 10 of 20 on third downs this 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 game. So 50 percent third down conversions just bad overall. Um, it's the highest total of first uh, third down conversions uh, since Charlie Strong was the head coach. So week eight of 2016 highest percentage since week 11 of that same year, Um, the last two games. So Baylor and Oklahoma state, uh, they combined to go 28 of 37 on, uh, on third downs. So, which is just insane. Um, And then the other thing that just boggles my mind is the length that, OSU was able to convert, so they had, I think, 10 third downs that were five yards or longer, meaning that the defense did its job on first and second down. Right, and OSU converted on half of those, uh... half of third downs that they convert uh, of uh, they converted on. So five of their ten. Were from what I would consider to be third and long. Where if you if you're in a third and five, that should be a favorable position. And OSU converted on five of those. And the the other thing is it was really two guys that killed us. You know Cornelius obviously with a couple of scrambles, but Wallace and Stoner combined for six of those first down first down conversions for eighty eight receiving yards, which is nuts. It's absolutely insane.
1: I mean, the, the, that's that's the game right there. Honestly, right? That's that's the difference. In a, in a three-point game, that one stat, any of these stats, but that, that's the difference. And, I mean, that's hard to swallow for Texas fans. Um, like I said, it'll be a very fine medicine if, if this is what it takes. At least on social media, the players are, seem to be fired up after this game. Um, <laughs> I, I hope they come into practice, you know, this week and they, they show that same fire. I hope they roll back into Austin, and they've been significantly better at home this season and they they roll in into dkr on saturday and they show that fire and and winning this next game does a lot to right the ship and and stop a slide i think winning after a loss is a crucial thing uh for a coach you know to show they're truly one of the best coaches in the country so tom herman has a chance here to to get the ship back and then we'll see what the rest of the season looks like from there you know you have a puncher's chance to do something they've lost one game in the big Twelve you can still win all the rest. So, you know, I I don't think the sky is falling, but the players need to come in, especially, like I said, those seniors need to step up. The captains need to be leaders. The, the, on both sides of the ball, the guys who are, you know, who have been there and played a lot need to say, this is below Texas football expectations. Be better, do different, come out, win your position battle, play smart, don't make mistakes, win football games.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that hits the nail on the head. I think it's, it's tough when your captains and your senior guys, guys on a leadership committee are not hitting expectations. How do you expect the rest of the team to do it? Uh, with that loss, Texas drops to number 15, like Kyle alluded to in the poll that kind of matters. Um, they take on at 2.30 a.m. or two, not 2.30 a.m., 2.30 p.m. Thank the Lord. It's not 2.30 p.m. <laughs> it's not a Pac 12 game. Uh, they take on number 12 West Virginia on Saturday. Texas somehow opened up as a one and a half point favorite. I think Vegas likes Texas at home. I think that line probably moves a bit. Uh, I don't, I don't see Texas remaining. I, I don't, it's just, that's so weird.
1: The only thing I can think is they don't want Texas to win, and this is really a Vegas scheme against us because they know Tom Herman needs to be an underdog to win these ranked games, and they're trying to—they're really trying to—they bring Texas down. This is my tinfoil theory. Everyone's against us; they're conspiring. Because no, I don't actually believe that, but uh, I do wish that we—we weren't so that Herman could have one more piece of ammunition. Not that you know. the fire he showed throughout the game, he necessarily needs it. I hope he unloaded the, on the players with that and, and gets it you know transferred to them. But, yeah, I didn't expect this. Uh,
0: if you need any more ammunition after getting just embarrassed on the road point. when you basically control your fate to play for a national championship, then, then your point. team needs to find another sport to play. I'm just going to be real honest with you. You're absolutely um, right. But West Virginia brings arguably – one of the best, not arguably one of the best offenses, but possibly one of the most efficient offenses in the conference. Um, they're number 15 in total offense, 479 yards per game. A uh, number nine in passing offense, 331 yards per game. Number three in passing efficiency, which is just insane uh, with a rating of one eighty six point six one. And and their number 16 in scoring offense, 39.9 points per game. Part of the big success that they have is Will Greer. Who's probably going to be one of the first few quarterbacks off the board. Uh, when the NFL draft will probably talk to Kyle Krabs later to, towards the draft season to get his Read on him, but uh Greer has 2272 yards, 25 touchdowns, just seven interceptions. This was mind boggling last night when I looked at it. Will Greer is top fifteen in ten individual offensive categories. Yeah. Ten. That's, that's nuts.
1: That's very good. He's uh he's a very talented player with, with a lot of weapons, and he knows exactly how to how to use them. I mean, that's the thing that's scary. He knows when to attack you deep. He knows when to hit you short. He knows when to, to scramble. He knows when to get it out of his hands quick. He seems to do, at least at the college level, every single thing you, you could ask from a quarterback. So, I mean, UT has derailed some Heisman campaigns, and I think this is two us to lose. But, you know, let's go derail one more here because Will Greer has is, is reasserted himself firmly into that Heisman conversation.
0: I, I don't know... For me, this is a game that doesn't come down to beating Will Greer because unless they break Will Greer's finger again, (laughs) I don't see him having a bad game because that's just not what he does. That's not Will Greer. This is a game that comes down to Texas being able to control the clock. Like they've got like if Ellinger's healthy enough, they've got to pound the rock. They've just got to. They've got to feed uh, Ingram. They've got to they've got to run these quarterback powers that Texas had its way on the quarterback power. On, uh, on Saturday against OSU And so I, I don't see that trend slowing down So I, you just have to keep him off the field Like there's not There's not a way to slow down Will Greer Unless you've really got Again, you find a way to injure him Or uh, uh, That's about it
1: Quick stat for you Because this is obviously my second favorite team in the country Do you know who I'll say just under 50% of Will Greer's uh, Seven interceptions this season came against Iowa State. Oh, that's right. The Kansas Jayhawks, the footballing <laughs> powerhouse in bane to TCU's existence. Don't forget, Kansas beat TCU. Um, had three interceptions against Will Greer. So, I mean, clearly you you don't really think to watch the Kansas tape to learn anything. Again, we're talking football here. Um, but, but you know, maybe if those D-backs can see what happened there uh, and figure out a way the uh, the ball Jayhawking secondary of Kansas seemed to, uh, seemed to get to, to Greer a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think the one thing to look out for, if Texas can, again, we said it last week, if Texas can find a way to get some pressure on Greer, you know, uh, West Virginia is giving up a little more than than two sacks a game. They're like two and a third sacks a game. So I'd be interested to see if they can dial up some something schematically or something coverage wise, because, I mean, we saw what Iowa State was able to do to them. Um, granted, they got an incredible performance from a quarterback that nobody was expecting to be incredible this year uh to <laughs> as part of that so there's there's just so much that could that could go sideways there's so much that could really go well but i think for me like the biggest thing is texas needs to start off well Texas really needs to start off well this game. Uh, it's, been, it's been kind of the stat du jour. I put it in the inside the numbers and it kind of um, took off. I'm not going to say I'm, I'm taking credit for it in the slightest bit, but a lot of people notice this trend. Uh, on, on opponents opening drives this year, so in, in the games Texas has played, Texas has allowed 404 yards, five touchdowns, and a field goal. So six scores on, in eight games on opening drives. Not the good. only times that Texas did not give up a score in an opening drive was when Caden Stearns came up with an interception against Tulsa on the first play of the game, uh, and then Kansas State uh, they punt they went basically I think it was like a f- a five and out and they punted, um, so that's it. Texas got in this trend of deferring to start the game every every. Coin flip, they won last year, which was great because the defense played lights out and they generally were able to get an early stop and take an early lead. Not the case this year. So Texas has won the toss four times. So of the of the of the six times that they have st- uh, started without the ball, it's because Texas gave it to the opponent and they're giving up 239 yards and four scores.
1: Yeah, and, and which is nuts. And the other thing is, is Ellinger has actually been really good in the first quarter. Their offense has been pretty good with the scripted plays. Coming out, so it's you know, I'm I'm not saying either of us even combined have an IQ higher than the Mensa uh, man himself, but you know clearly the, the numbers seem to to line up there that say with this team this year take the ball, take the momentum, take the game by the horns.
0: I don't I don't know how I feel about that pun, Kyle, but. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna let you have it just just because I love it. it's been
1: it's been a, a it's been a long week already. I worked all through the weekend, so just give it to me. This is like my Sunday and it's a Monday, so just you know understand that
0: before we move on, I do want to remind you of this week's sponsor My bookie. Now, Kyle and I love watching football. It's a fun time, but sometimes it's more entertaining when you've got a little bit of action on the game. Uh, you heard me talk about it last week, uh, and some of you are still on the sidelines, but whether you're a uh, expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. Now, if you're the kind of person that likes to bet a little and win a lot, Uh, You can create a big parlay with them. Pick three teams to win. If you hit all three, you can turn 100 into 600 real fast. There's a lot to bet on right now. Basketball, hockey, there's a huge UFC fight this weekend. And my bookie is the one bet that I know you're going to be happy with all year. Now I recommend that because you can trust them. They've been in business for years. They've been doing it for a long time and they've got great online reviews. Plus they've got a really easy to use mobile site. Now last week we talked about a deal that was going away. Now there was a huge response to it. And so it's back by popular demand. They're going to offer a hundred percent bonus for one more week this year. So if you've been sitting on the sidelines thinking about placing a pick, but haven't done it yet, it's time to make your move after Sunday's kickoff. You can kiss that double your money bonus by make sure to follow them on Twitter and instagram at bet my bookie. They personally respond to every mention in d m and, DM and- not to mention they've given away nearly $10,000 in free money to their followers this season. You'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and prop bets are posted. So log on to bookie right now. Don't miss out on your last opportunity to collect the industry's biggest bonus. Use promo code LONGHORN. You're going to get your first bo- uh, deposit matched 100%. That is promo code LONGHORN. You play, you win, you get paid. So breaking on social media over the weekend, Texas freshman wideout, who had been showing some promise, uh, Joshua Moore is shutting it down due to a shoulder injury, uh, which is a tough loss for Texas. They really haven't seen an established number three receiver. You know, you've seen Colin Johnson and Lil Jordan Humphrey as as the one and two guys very clearly, but there's kind of been a rotation at number three. Is it Devin DuVernay? Is it Joshua Moore? Uh, this is a tough loss for Texas, and because Moore's played in more than four games, he's going to loses ability to redshirt this year which is just, just tough for a guy who's had a promising start to a freshman campaign
1: yeah i mean it, 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 you'd love to see the kid and we said earlier i think i had my bang the drum one week on him and, and how much we're rooting for him uh to have a great career i think he's going to rebound from this and, and still has a lot of time to be great and depending how the uh the other receivers line up next year then then you know we'll see but I, i'm really curious like you said to see who steps up you know uh there there are a couple guys from yesteryear who this may mean see the field a little bit more uh, a john burt type of player or uh the a guy who i really really am pulling for just he's vanished and he's he's been a long time favorite of mine is gerard hurt uh maybe this means hurt can get in there a little bit and, and actually contribute when he's when he's on the field with a few more targets coming his way. So I think there's talent um, in the receiver room, uh, but it is it is always tough to uh, to shut down a guy who's been productive.
0: Yeah, and and again, it, it's been kind of a weird situation where Texas doesn't know who their number three. I mean, statistically, Devin Duvernay's got 21 receptions, but each of Lil Jordan Humphrey and Colin Johnson have 46. So it's it's a tough it's a tough way to to see yourself in the receiving room for sure
1: right and and Duvernay you know has has for every one of his receptions three that should be touchdowns that were somehow overthrown
0: which is just incredible that you can overthrow a guy that uh that fast but some help some more help is on the way in the recruiting ranks. We got some recruiting news. Two big commitments since we last recorded. So we talked about help coming. Um, Marcus Washington, four-star receiver out of St. Louis, committed to the Longhorns on Saturday. Six-two, uh, one ninety-one. Uh, ran an oddly slow 40 yard dash time. There's uh, some talk that he was injured, uh, but he is a big deep play threat. He kind of, there's not a ton of competition in his area, but when you have a a dearth of competition, he does what you're supposed to do, which is just makes everybody look like he's their daddy, which is really (laughs) impressive. So um, what is this? Texas has a ridiculously full recruiting class. I think he's the fourth guy with, with a couple more guys in play
1: yeah i mean receiver is stacked i don't want to say quite what our defensive back was last year but you know there's a lot of talent i mean a guy we haven't talked about a lot just because he was kind of the i think the first recruiter one of the very early and one of our kind of recruiting guys uh was jordan whittington a guy who i really really like um and i think has a chance to just come in and be great um and, and we were talking before the show and not to steal your thunder but Again, a guy I'm ready to absolutely fall in love with. I am stealing your thunder. Um, is is our boy uh, from Arizona, Jake Smith? You know, I think uh, I think either of them could come in and, and you know sop up some of these minutes if we have some guys leave leave early. In either of our two outside threats, um, you know, guys who could come in and make make an impact. And I think Marcus Washington is a guy you can slot in right in the Colin Johnson mold. Uh, Maybe not in year one, as he probably learns a little bit more technique in in that receiver room, but he can certainly, you know, be be a guy who you rotate in from the day he steps on campus. And I think by year two, you're looking at a monster, an end zone threat, and, uh, you know, best case, a Hakeem Butler type upside guy.
0: I'm just, I'm kind of salivating at the idea of Rising or Thompson with a receiving setup of Whittington, Smith, and Damari in Houston. We can't forget about Texas grabbing the number two player in the state of Oklahoma. Who he's he's not as big of a body as the other guys, but he's he's that quick slot guy, and I love to see it. Uh, and then we cannot forget about Braden LeBrock, who's going to continue to help us end the JerMichael Finley curse. So like. I would I am excited to see a wide open four right wide receiver set with those guys. Uh Texas also picked up its second commitment of the twenty twenty class, the clout twenty twenty group, which I still have feelings about that hashtag choice. Uh <laughs> but they picked up a commitment from four star offensive guard, uh, Logan Parr out of O'Connor, uh, Helotis, Shout out to Raymond Summerlin. Uh who is the number eighteen player in the state? He's a number four guard and ranked number one hundred and thirty nationally. Six three and a half, two sixty eight. Kind of tall and lean, but he looks like he's got a frame uh, that could fill out if he gets in a good strength and conditioning uh, program.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 exciting. We add beef um, and, and we we do well. You know that this is this is the herb hand revolution uh, here that I, I I've been crowing about. I mean. Get the beef in on both sides of the ball. Let them develop. Keep the pipeline. Keep guys not having to step in at 18 and, and you know block on the offensive line. Keep keep uh, keep this stacked. Keep this room full. And I think you're you're doing great things.
0: We talked about it. I think it was last week in our redshirt watch um, where Texas is able to redshirt most of the offensive linemen they brought in in the 2018 class. Uh, and just keep again keep that depth going. It. it it's hard to have an 18-year-old line uh, offensive lineman competing with a 21, 22-year-old defensive lineman. So keep the depth. So we've got injury news, and, and, and we, we have this titled as Roach News, Kyle, which I have to give it up. That is a great uh, way to cue it up. So uh, on the football side, uh, Malcolm Roach could potentially be back. We thought he was shut down for the season. Uh, come to find out, he has been progressing um, at a rate Faster than they anticipated So they think he could be back As a big missing piece um, For the uh, November 13th Matchup against Texas Tech Which that would be a nice addition To a linebacker group That's that's pretty thin As it stands right now
1: And, and just from a, pl- a pass rush perspective I mean that's that's something that Omena who's been kind of Carrying the weight uh, for that for that unit, I mean, just bringing in a guy who knows how to get to a quarterback, and maybe just give give Wheeler, you know, a couple breathers, or or maybe even Gary Johnson, depending on how you use them. Um, but just one more guy to to give the defense, you know. A chance to rotate in and give us a little more depth, but but really, like I said, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, to see the big man getting downhill after a quarterback.
0: Yeah, and and again, any any depth along that edge is going to be nice, and and that's no no shot or no shade at uh, at Shark because he's been incredible. Um, he's really stepped up and done a great job really smart uh linebacker but texas needs some help at the pass rushing position and i think that's what 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 malcolm roach brings to the table
1: yeah absolutely and and, in 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 roach news because i like my roaches coming in pairs Uh, i like zero roaches in my house apparently many roaches in my sports programs because i love both these dudes but Kerwin roach Um, On the basketball team uh, will actually be missing the opening game of the uh, Longhorn basketball season for violating team rules cryptically.
0: Yeah, he announced that via Twitter on his own Twitter. Like, that's where the announcement came from, which... I'm I'm glad to see the coaches holding their senior guys accountable because if you don't hold the seniors accountable, then the young guys obviously aren't going to fall in line, and, and you need to see that. The women's basketball team is also in action. We'll just keep it on the hardwood. Number six ranked women's basketball team won their only exhibition game against West Texas A M, ninety-one to sixty-three. Danny Williams uh, hit two. Three pointers and scored eight points. The season's going to start in November eighth against Duquesne. Kyle, you've got a uh, you got a, a little bit of a brain teaser for us on this, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, first of all, just big shout outs to Lifetime Longhorn Danny Williams. Uh, already loving her, <laughs> she was not the high scorer in that game. That's just the stat that I chose to pull out. I'm going to be tracking her all season because, again, you have a straight shot to my heart by trolling the Aggies, uh, especially if you uh, unfortunately were one. I love you even more if you went there and you hate it. Um, but uh, yeah, so th- they start the season uh, October or excuse me, November eighth against uh, Duquesne, which is uh, definitely a thing. I didn't have to look up and I knew how to pronounce. Um, Duquesne, duquesne as it were um and i wanted to play a little trivia because I, I confided in gerald that basketball schools with no direction and no direct tie to a state often confound me like i thought wake forest was like in either virginia or or california very easily could have been oregon um, places that have woods um for, for much of my my youth that didn't know where it was schools like that uh, always very interesting to me so gerald i asked you not to look this up where is your best guess on where Duquesne
0: is. I told you I told you pre show that it feels like an I state, so like Indiana or Illinois are my are my two guesses. One of those two states.
1: Well, Yinz is wrong about that duquesne is in pittsburgh which i had no idea i've spent time in pittsburgh i was in pennsylvania like i said on the pod last week not pittsburgh but in the great state of pennsylvania my family's there uh I, no idea no idea so i love i love basketball season because you just roll out the uh the schools you're like oh i've heard of them once in a tournament but no no idea if they even have classes or they're just a basketball team
0: yeah i i, I had zero clue i I'm glad. I'm glad that we this is this was your your daily learning from from the Longhorn Republic. Uh, so men's basketball again will be without Snoop Roach. Uh, they're going to open up two days earlier than the ladies on November sixth against Eastern Illinois. Kyle, you you've got some more trivia in the, in the show notes for me. Yeah.
1: I mean, we, we talked about trivia last week and and I had dinner afterwards with Eric Verbit who, who I could, could not stop smiling uh, about the fact that he was mentioned on the pod. So, you know, in a little bit honor of my good friend, Eric Verbit, I'm doing some more trivia here. Um, Do you know the mascot of the Eastern Illinois blanks?
0: It's definitely not the blanks. I know that's (laughs) not right. Uh, (laughs) Golly. Um, I want to say the Panthers, but I, 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 that that feels right. I don't know.
1: That, you, are, you are absolutely correct, my friend. That's great. But the thing that was the most confusing about them is their logo is like a, a navy blue with a panther. And I had just looked up the Duquesne one, and it was Pittsburgh. And I was like, wait, wait, that's Penn State. No, but it looks very... Very similar to a Nittany Lion, which is a thing, I guess. Uh, but yes, correct, Gerald. That's uh, one of two. I thought you'd go for two. So I, I will give you uh, a, a silent golf clap on that. I'll take it. Now, I,
0: I will say I saw – I don't know what what's Panther School – logo i had in my head but it definitely wasn't the eastern illinois panther <laughs> so there's another school out there that has a panther logo that's ingrained in my head um but i'm glad i got it right <laughs> panther feel feels like it's like when you're trying to get a high school like football team mascot and you usually just go for the tigers like if if it's a small small city you we'll just sense. go for the tigers <laughs> yep uh so moving along the big 12 soccer Championships is happening. You, the University of Texas advanced to the semifinal against West Virginia after a penalty shootout win over the Kansas Jayhawks. Um, the winner is going to play the winner of Baylor and Texas Tech for the Big 12 championship.
1: Yeah, and, and, and again, personally, I'm hoping it's Baylor. I shared the story about my girlfriend going to Baylor and us watching the uh, overtime thriller they had earlier in the year um, where I had watched it, and it was a recording, and she didn't know that. Um, but uh, I'm hoping <laughs> for a rematch in an equally great team. This was a double overtime 0 um, the the Kansas game, that was actually really incredibly exciting. I think there was like four. 40 shots on goal and it ended 0-0 which you have to be a soccer fan to understand that that's very exciting but it is nonetheless very exciting and obviously we all know from the world cup penalties are the greatest thing in sports so uh hoping that ut goes uh 2-0 against west virginia this week i
0: glossed over this because i wanted to give it its own spot so i briefly mentioned the men's basketball team opening their season uh, on the 6th which is going to be before our next show if i if i can count correctly or at uh, the same date of our next show basically uh so, we want to take a moment and do a little bit of a basketball preview. Um, so, it's it's going to be an interesting basketball season. Uh, I, I don't know what to make of this team, Kyle, and maybe you and I can talk through a little bit of it. Um, so, like we said, Texas opens against the Eastern Illinois Panthers on the 6th. And they're playing a pretty tough out-of-conference schedule. The, the Big 12 is stacked like it usually is in basketball. It is just like football one of the most underrated conferences i think for basketball i mean everybody knows kansas but they don't think about how how thick it is throughout the conference uh, same with football and ou but whatever that'll i'll just leave that there um they're, they're they're returning a decent core of players but it's hard to replace a guy like mo bamba so what do you what do you expect what are your questions of this team heading into, heading into 2018 2019
1: well it's interesting i mean i think I think we know who a couple of the guys are going to be for sure. Um, I think there's some question marks, and I think by maybe the the, the sixth or seventh game of the season, uh, we will have a pretty good answer because they're going to have to sort some things out uh, relatively quickly because they do have some some real tough games in the beginning of the season again. And and they've to their credit played uh, some of the tougher schedules in the past like five to six years of any team in the country. So this you know they they get out there and play teams they test. Their medal, but I think we're going to see Dylan Oskowski, obviously, um, and in really in his last chance to prove um, that you know he's an all time kind of uh, not all time, but a a legitimate you know guy who 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 will be a guy that we remember in the UT basketball annals. I mean he uh, he could be a focal point for this offense for the things he does well. I think this is going to be a small ball lineup this year, and there's going to be some guard play. And I think what that does is they tried to make him kind of more of a distributor last year where he had to move the ball around and I I think if they can just use him as a stretch five if he can go out and shoot the three and especially if he can get that going at a a decent rate and then do the things that he can do down in the post um, that limiting what he has to do will actually greatly expand what he can do I think is is how how I'll put that and then I think there's three more guys who we know are going to be next to him I think um, you know you're going to have Roach uh, who's you know obviously outside the first game, um, going to be really with something to prove. He looked at the NBA draft last year and decided to come back. And uh, we'll be proving, hopefully, that he is you know, a talent worthy of being in the NBA. Uh, I think Matt Coleman is going to make a leap this year. I think he's going to be one of the best point guards in the Big 12. I think he just has a steadying hand. He can run this offense and he should run this offense. Not that he has to be the only ball handler, but it should run through him. Uh, And then I think Jericho Sims is about to take a big, big leap this year. Um, That's one of my my bold Pogstradamus predictions is that Jericho Sims makes a leap and either gets you know drafted as a sophomore, just makes that leap right now, or looks like an all Big 12 type player and maybe gets that honor and comes back even next year to be a lottery type pick i think the athleticism that he has as you put more polish on it and and as cody mentioned when he was on here darren horn just an unbelievable groomer of big men is really gonna you know add his his tools and tricks uh onto jericho sims and and you're gonna see a player who who can really carry uh carry the longhorns down low but after those four i don't know who soaks up minutes i don't know who steps up I don't know if it's one of the guys we haven't heard about. I don't know if it's, you know, Febris gets there, if Ramey, you know, is coming on, like people are saying. And honestly, obviously, a lot of this is contingent on Andrew Jones and whether he can play five minutes a game or 20 minutes a game with both a broken toe and and obviously leukemia um, in in his past injury history and, um, you know, just just life uh, piece. So um, I I think there's still some question marks on how he's going to be and what level he can contribute. And that will explain and, and you know, kind of trickle down to what the minutes are available for everyone else. So I think there is a lot of certainty coming into this game. There's a lot of knowns, but there still are some unknown quantities, and, and how those go will prove how this season goes in my mind.
0: Yeah, and I think a couple of guys that, that didn't get mentioned. Um, transfer Eli Long is basically a 40% shooter. He's shot 38 um, his last season um, before he transferred. And then uh, Kamaka Hepa, who is a big man who can also... Again, he hit. He's like a forty percent three point shooter. So I think um, having a having a big man that can play outside and be a threat um, more consistently. Who you know, Dylan O had a couple of games where he just lit it up from three, and then a couple of games where he stunk it up from three. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I think it, it, like you said, it all comes down to the experienced guys. Um, but it's really tough for to call where Texas is going to be. You mentioned Jericho Sims. I I love Jericho Sims. He pl- he played well enough in a couple of spots for dumb people on the internet to say that he was playing better than Mobamba, mm-hmm. um which again, he played really well in some spots, but that's a dumb take. It's it's going to be interesting to see. I think if if Big O he's playing at a better playing weight, you know, he's he's at 250 right now, 251 I think is what um what Shaka said he was at the season opening press conference, which is a good weight for him. Um, you know, Kamaka Hepa, Eli Long, there, there's, there's some guys that are out there that can, that can shoot. Cause I think that's going to be, mm-hmm. especially with, with Shaka's offensive tendencies. He loves to, to press, to create wide open shooting opportunities. Like that's, that's, that was what you expected when he came in is the havoc, right? You press and then you take your open shot. So I'm interested to see, um, what that looks like as Texas kind of fills out at the guard spot and has a couple of questions down low.
1: Yeah, and as they play small ball, I think you could have four guards who can handle the ball on the court at any time, and a, a Dylan who can shoot. Uh, if you only play one big, um, you could have five guys who can shoot. I mean, Elijah Long can control the ball. Febris, that's not necessarily his his best strength, but he can you know, move the ball. Obviously, Ramy uh, is a guy who a lot of people really like. Roach has done it in the past. Andrew Jones, we know that's a part of his game. And then, like I mentioned, Matt Coleman. So you have guys who can orchestrate the offense. And that's the type of thing, like you said, whoever gets the ball, push it, get it out there, get transition threes, get ball movement threes, get open looks, but then make them because we, we've got some open looks and we haven't taken advantage of it. So, I mean, I, I think this is a team that you should be uh excited for there's a lot of reasons to be excited for they could be anywhere right now in preseason from the 30 26th best team in the country just outside the rankings to the 50th we don't really know uh, but they have some some great games Uh, on the schedule and I I do think this is a team that you should just tune in for I mean obviously Arkansas is when you always want to win Citadel one of the fastest paces in the country that would be a fun game right before North Carolina followed by Michigan State or UCLA whoever wins Uh, Purdue the Providence one of the best mascots Uh, and then you get into a really stacked Big 12 team Um, so I mean uh, excuse me Big 12 schedule Um, I think anytime you see on TV that the Longhorns are playing Try to sit down and watch a little bit. Try to sit down and carve some time out because uh, this could end up being a really cool, really fun, really great basketball season.
0: Yeah, it, it it feels like this is a season they could be really good. They could be incredible. So I'm I'm interested to see uh, where they end up at the end of the year because, again, I think if this team gels, there's such, such a high level of talent there uh, that they could, again, do things like – beat kansas or you know beat (laughs)
1: ou regularly which feels really really good yeah absolutely and i think i think one thing i didn't talk about and i I don't want to make this too too long but one last point um since shaka came everything was about the havoc and how that worked in the press um but shaka is a good defensive coach outside of just the system of pressing Uh, in the last two years there's only uh, four other schools in the country um, that have finished in the top 20 in in uh adjusted defensive efficiency according to ken palm uh, that's obviously UT, one of the five. Uh Gonzaga, Virginia, Cincinnati, and uh Alabama, which you know, was a surprise tournament team last year, but a lot of it was Sexton and plus defense. Um but uh, you know that that's a good sign, right? If you can that's something that you can directly control with your coaching. And I think to me when people talk about Shaka has to prove it, this has to be the year or, or else, I, I think you can look at that and you can say, Well, Shaka's coaching them up. I mean, they're they're playing defense they're doing things right they're doing what he asked you just got to make the shots after that so um you know like I said I, I think both sides of the ball make sure you keep an eye on that defense I think one one quick shout out to, to Roach again Kerwin Roach absolutely robbed of a big 12 defensive player uh uh, ranking last year. We talked about it. I think yep. he might come out and just Kawhi Leonard some folks. Uh, and by that, I don't mean, you know, laugh like a robot <laughs> <it> crying. <laughs> um, but absolutely just take some balls, rip them out of people's hands, and go the other way for a big, uh, a big highlight dunk. So um, I think it's going to be actually a fun defensive and a College basketball defense isn't always the best thing to watch, but a fun defensive team to watch as well. So uh, with the athletes and with the determination for defense, it could be a defense becomes offense type thing like you mentioned.
0: Kyle, I am shocked that you are surprised – that a team coached by Avery Dewitt Johnson is a defensive power. Uh, <laughs> I'm so I'm I'm shocked
1: that it, that you are surprised an Avery Johnson coach team is a defensive power. You you just tickled me uh, with that. Avery Johnson was one of my like childhood heroes mainly because I was the same size as him when he came to speak at my school in fourth grade. Um, Avery Johnson made me watch him watching him play think that i could play in the nba he was gifted <laughs> with absolutely nothing not a jump shot not a like vertical leap that was exceptional uh nothing except just like grit and work ethic and a team that would allow him to go out there and and he's a fantastic leader and in point guard from that perspective but like nothing in his career stats said that he should have been an all-timer but try beating avery johnson you know three times in a row good luck The dude is a gamer, and he was an all-time spur, and I love Avery Johnson so much. So thank you for allowing me to talk pro Avery uh, on this podcast.
0: 16-year career, which is crazy. Like that he was with the Spurs and then with Golden State then with the Spurs again for like 8 years. It's just such a weird that he bounced around like I only know him as a Spur, which is
1: there might even have been a weird like Spurs to the Rockets and then the Rockets waved him and back to the Spurs or something. There was some yeah. some caveat in that, but you know, he always he always found his way home. It-
0: where he belongs in in silver and black. Uh, but now it's the part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions in all of college sports, big Bertha. And we bang the drum presented by Joe Ruiz. Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week?
1: Absolutely. Unsurprisingly, uh, I am banging the drum on, on my dude on, on big Mike, uh, the, the man from, from very far, but very near to my heart, uh, Michael Dixon, um you know you could make a short list of the best uh the best UT products to to carry the ball in the NFL and I think Michael Dixon is near the top and now you you may be saying what what are you talking about he kicks the ball he doesn't carry the ball well Michael Dixon did uh did something on on Sunday what what coach Pete Carroll called the Aussie sweep which I'm going to take a real quick aside and say why you don't call that play the walkabout Is absolutely beyond me, Pete Carroll. You're better than this. Get your stuff together. Pete Carroll on on the Aussie sweep said that Michael Dixon was designed to take a safety, to give some context. They were killing the clock off. And even though Michael Dixon could have just punted it from his own end zone into the other end zone, they didn't want to do it that way. They were going to run some time off, take the safety, make them score twice in like under a minute. So, you know, fine coaching. Um, But Michael Dixon said no. He saw a situation to take advantage of. and he did he uh, rolled out as Aussie style punters are, are want to do um and saw a a, a lane and 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 took it he absolutely took it um and, and there is always a risk again he's running out of his own end zone in this scenario he gets tackled at the two uh they take over uh, the the lines take over the ball at the two yard line and have a chance to score and actually like win this game like that's a that's a very ballsy decision and he does it and he runs for the first down because he can do no wrong and he's the greatest thing ever and he has all of my heart and i love you michael dixon um TCU can have their LaDainian Tomlinson all they want. I'll take, I'll take a Mike Dixon any day of the week. And I am so excited to watch this guy for the next 20 years.
0: He is one of the best players drafted out of the university of Texas, like skill for skill, like pound for pound, just like what he does. I like Earl Thomas probably, but it's tough to find somebody that's better at what they're, what they're there to do. So My bang the drum brought to you by Joe Ruiz is uh, the fact that this week I will actually not be live tweeting. Kyle's going to take over most of that uh, effort for this week because I will be attending my first live home game for the University of Texas in a decade. So my wife and I will be celebrating our five year anniversary. She is a saint. She's one of the greatest people that's ever walked the face of the planet for being with me for five years. Um, But... It's it's just so exciting, and I'm excited for her to get to see one of the things that I just love, grew up loving, and loved on campus. I'm excited for her to get to see the Tower Lit Orange after Texas puts the boots to West Virginia, and I'm really excited because this is a, a game day experience. Now you've got, you know, the Bevo Boulevard, you've got the walk-in, you've got the mute live music on uh, for the tailgating. Like it's, it's an experience. And I'm so excited to, to get to share that with my favorite person on the planet.
1: Hey man, I mean, I, first of all, congratulations to y'all preemptively on the five years, Just two of the absolute best human beings I've ever known that got together and, and formed a super couple. So, um, <laughs> congrats on that before anything, but honestly, I was talking to, to, um, a good friend of the show mario uh who, who definitely always listens all the way to the end so i'm sure he's hearing this um <laughs> about the fact that you hadn't been in so long and we we're like man like gerald does stuff for people all the time. Like before you told us you were doing this game, we're like, we should find a way to like get him tickets sometime or just, you know, figure out we'll babysit or do something to let Gerald go to a football game. So when you told me that y'all were taking this trip uh, for your anniversary, I was was, uh, stoked for you, man, because I remember my single first University of Texas football game we walked into the stadium together. You kind of taught me the ropes, some of the some of the uh, the chants and traditions and things. Um, that as a kid, I, I'd seen UT football, but I had never been to a game in the stadium before. I was a freshman on campus, and, and Gerald took me to my first game. So uh, I am excited for you to get back there. Uh, and you don't have to cover the team. You don't have to stand on the sidelines. You don't have to do work. You just get to go and actually enjoy the game, man. So I'm, I'm thrilled for you.
0: I'm pretty, I'm pretty hyped about it. And and the fact that my parents are watching my kid for free for like four days so I can eat and, and celebrate in Austin is going to be pretty exciting. But that's all the show we've got for you this week. Kyle, where can the good folks find you on the Internet?
1: Uh, they can find me uh, at Kyle Carpenter on the Twitter machine. You can also find at Texas Pregamer or the Texas Pregamer uh, each week. Over at Barking Carnival.
0: Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodrich. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Choose an email at gmail at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, hook
1: 'em, Hook em. Don't simulate a snap.